Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. So let's pray and uh, get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to hear and receive. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Can I get a good amen? amen? All right, so this is how to have a great year. I call it 3.0. And uh, 3.0 is just to, because I've done a series of how to have a great year. You know, I do it every year, so I just, I just uh, use... 2023 to make it 3.0, okay, so that you can track, because I'll teach this every year, but from a different place, so uh, that's just to make you understand the topic. So we are going to deal with uh, three things, basically, prayer, planning, and performance, that's what we're going to be dealing with, but I'm breaking it into several subjects, but I want you to do something first before we start. Write this bold and clear in your notes, December 2024 is closer than I think. So just write that down. December 2024 is closer than I think. Have we all written that down? Okay, have we written it down? All right, so I want you to look at it. Just look at it and, and think about it. That December 2024 is what? It's closer than what? Than I think. Okay. So it looks like a joke, right? Because we're not even done with this year. You haven't even entered the year. And the year looks so far. And here, your pastor is saying it's closer than you think. So how many of you just casting your mind back can, remem- can remember when I told you to write December 2023 is closer than I think. How many of you remember doing that exercise? All right. How many of you feel like it's actually closer than you think? All right. But you know in the journey of life, your feelings don't matter. The year will not stop running because you're having a bad one. Life was not designed to stop because of you. Uh, Are you following that? Life was designed to run at at its pace. Whether you fail, whether you excel, whether you have results, whether you don't have results, life was not designed to stop. Even if you feel like the whole world should stop so that you restart, life was not designed that way. What I do every year and... Just sharing this as calmly as I can so you can get it. What I do every year is from the beginning of October ending, I usually ask my staff to print a blank calendar that's got the whole year. So actually, this is one I have in my office. I've now started working on this one. So this is 2024 calendar. So I usually carry this along starting from October ending. I, I just look at it in one page. And actually... Whatever this year is going to become, I have to co-create it with God. 
This just gives me the consciousness, sorry. This just gives me the consciousness of the year. So, as I teach about praying, you will understand some of the things. I start co-creating the year with God. Actually, part of what I'm teaching this, in this series is actually the way I live. And, and, you know, and I felt the Lord wanted me to share it and to teach it. Okay, not so you can copy it, but learn from it and put some things in your life you can actually copy this actually because it works but learn from it on how to co-create a year with God so par- so we will the subtitle of this will be powering a great year through the power of consistent prayers remember i said we're talking about prayers planning and what performance so i, I hope you got that in how to create a great year we're looking at three things what's that prayer planning and what Performance. Can we say that together, please? Say prayer. Say planning. And performance. All right, that's important. Okay. So, what makes up a year? The year is usually shaped by your experiences. So, I'm trying as much as I can to stick with my notes so I can finish everything. Okay. So, the year is usually shaped by, number one, your experiences. The things you executed and the things you failed to execute. So, if you take a blank year like this, this is 2024, none of us has ever lived in this year before. It's a blank year. All the days are blank. Everything is blank, right? What is going to make 2024 count for us, or what's going to make the next year count for us, okay, is three things. Number one, our experiences in the year, right? Then the things we executed and the things we failed to execute. So those three things are important. Your experiences, the things you executed, and the things you failed to execute. Now, if you come with me to Psalm chapter 65, verse 11. Psalm 65, verse 11. And um, an important verse of scripture here. Psalm 65, verse 11. The Bible says, it says, You have crowned the year with your bounty or with your abundance or with your fatness. It says you've crowned the year with your bounty or your abundance, right? And your paths drip with fatness. So if you look at Psalms 65 verse 11, it says you've crowned the year. Okay? When it says you've crowned the year with bounty, can I have the NLT translation? the NLT or the Amplified, any of those ones. When he says you've crowned the year with bounty, the word bounty means, it says, with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Now, I want you to pay attention there. Please follow me carefully. Pay attention to that, the year. There was no specific year. So, in the eyes of God, every year is a good year. Have you realized that when you say, ah, this year was very tough, ah, this year, hmm, I've never seen a year like this. Do you realize that as you are saying that, someone is sharing a testimony about that same year? Hello, are you, are you in church? Have you realized that every, the year you complain about, someone is sharing, okay, let me reverse it. Have you realized that the year you said this year was so good, ah, I made so much or I achieved so much, do you realize sometimes your friend is complaining? That the year was bad. So what happened? Why was the year good or bad? Remember the three things we talked about. Where the three things? Their experiences, 
the things they failed to execute, and the, the things they executed, and the things they failed to execute. So first of all, have it at the back, front, and side of your mind that in God's eyes, next year is already good. Now, it's not a question of amen. Do you understand now? Because the year has been designed by God to be good. Okay. So, I don't want to see any member from, of this church, if I see what you write on social media, don't ever write, 2024, be good to me. You, you, no, no, no. It's not the year. The year has no power to be good to you. You decide what the year, to, what the year should be. Are you following what I'm saying? You are not appealing to the year to be good. No, you are co-creating with God and releasing the goodness of the year. You are not at the mercy of the year. Are we, are we still together? And that's a very important mindset. So, we are co-creators with God. Nothing is left to God alone. And nothing is left to us alone. When you're born again, nothing is left to God alone. Nothing is left to us alone. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Then he says, but I labor more than you all. Then he says, not me, but the grace of God. In that passage of scripture, Paul shares to us the power of grace and labor. So, this pattern was shown in the Garden of Eden and also by the giving of the blessing. So, in the Garden of Eden, God created the garden. When there was no man to water the garden, he allowed a mist to water the garden. So, water, waters came out from the ground and watered the garden. But when the man was created, God told him, it's time for you to cultivate, to tend, and to grow the garden. So, God gave man responsibility for the garden, although God created the garden. I remember reading this book a long time ago. Very interesting. You know, this, there was this patch of land, and uh, a guy took it, you know, farmed it, did very beautiful flowers, and one guy was driving past and said, wow, look at what the Lord has done. This is so beautiful. Then the guy turned and looked at him and said, you should have seen this garden when God had it all by himself. Do, 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 so, do you understand? Okay, if it's not night with a thousand laughs, it doesn't look like comedy. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? The guy was like, no, when God had this garden by himself, flowers were not planted. So just as you are saying, look at what the Lord has done. Give me a bit of credit. In your life, God is not running the show 100%. You must come to the point in your life where you assume responsibility for what God is doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is the God part and there's what? The man part. And don't ever forget that. If next year is going to shape up right for you, you've got to recognize these two things. Alright, now even in the commandment, the blessing, right? Even in the blessing, you know, the scripture says, if you obey my voice, these blessings will come and overtake you. If you do this, these curses will come. What was God, what was God trying to tell them? The blessing is here, the cursing is here. The blessing is here, the curse is here. Your choice determines what you walk in. So, there's excitement about the year, I mean, very much excitement, it's a brand new year, it's fresh start. Whatever you're going to get by the end of the year, it's largely dependent on you because the finished work of Christ has been accomplished before the end of the world. So, God is not, God is not entering a new year as it seems. Because one of the things you must realize is that in the realm of the Spirit, there's no time. And so, time is on the earth. Time is, under the, uh, is on the earth to help us do whatever we need to do. Plan, do all the things. 
So the eternal plan of God for you for every year is good. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil that you might have an expected end. So you know that every year is good already by default. But you've got to get that in by prayers and by your work. So if you, if you go to James chapter 5 verse 16, we're talking about powering a great year through the power of consistent prayers. James chapter 5 verse 16, the Bible says, The earnest heartfelt then, James 5, is that verse, um, yeah, amplify please. The earnest, I'm not reading the first part, I'm going to the second part. The earnest prayer, the earnest heartfelt continued. Those two words I want you to pick, please. Those two words are important. Heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Two things that releases tremendous power is heartfelt and continued. Please, those two words are important to us tonight. Heartfelt and continued. Which means that these are not prayers that are just coming out of your head. So I'll give you an example. I will say, start praying about 2024. Then you just start praying. Father, I thank you for the year. I thank you, Lord, 2024. It will go where? It's not heartfelt. You're just talking from your head. It must come from your heart. Then it's not like you hear a message like this, you execute it, and by... Midweek, you're forgotten. No, continued. So those are two powerful principles, right? What will these two things do? What will a heartfelt, continued prayer do? It will make tremendous power available. Now, it's important to understand, you go study that word, tremendous power, right? Then I like it, dynamic in its working. Now, dynamic in its working, the word dynamic simply means it's not static, which means it is, it's flexible, right? What other words can we use for dynamic or... It changes, right? It's not in one place. So what this means is this. Pay very close attention. When you begin to release the power of God into the air by consistent prayers, things will start happening in different ways that will align the year to be good to you. It's, it's dynamic in its working. All right? It's dynamic in its working. It's not static. Alright, so for instance, let's say you're trusting God for an open door. It's not just going to probably be in your job. Several doors are going to open. But you must understand that the power of prayer is dynamic. Two things I want you to pick here is heartfelt. Everyone say heartfelt. And then continued. Say continued. Alright, so those two things must be heartfelt and it must be continued. What will this thing do if you pray in this way? What, What is it going to do? What kind of power is it going to release? Tremendous. Everyone say tremendous. Tremendous power. Now, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, the prayer of a righteous man. So, you know that you're a righteous man. Christ is your righteousness. Righteousness is a gift for you. Now, what is left for you in these two parts? Right? Let's look at this now. Let's break it apart. What, what, is your responsi- what do you think is your responsibility in that? We're just looking at the part B, please. What's your responsibility in part B of this verse? James 5.16. Come on, somebody. Help me. What's your responsibility? The heartfelt, continued prayer. What's God's responsibility? Releasing what? Tremendous power available. Okay? Now, if I don't do the heartfelt, continued prayer, what am I, what am I actually saying? Yeah? It's simple, right? Hello? Are we together? I want you to understand it. It's simple, right? If I'm not doing heartfelt, continued power, uh, prayer, what am I saying? Tremendous power won't be available. So if I get into the year and I don't see tremendous power available for me, is it because God doesn't want tremendous power available for me? No. 
So, tremendous power is unlimited. Right? Am I, am I talking? Tremendous power is unlimited. Right? Okay. Okay, say yes. Just say it's, it's correct. So, say yes. Tremendous power is unlimited, right? Okay. How many of you have had... Um, have you worked in... Where, how many of you have had uh, experience where you have data on your phone and then they say you have so, 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 so gig left. They send you all those texts and then give you options if you want to borrow. You know, some of you... Some of you, when people want to send you airtime, you have to warn them. Send it because I'm owing, you know, and all that. Now, how many of you have also gone into a space where they say this data is unlimited? You know, it's, it's like when I travel out of the country, you know, you are conscious of limited data when you're in this part of the country. You know, but when I travel out, yeah, it's almost like it's not a big deal. And you are just, you know, when you, when, when you travel out, you just feel like, where are those things I plan to download? Oh, where are they? And there's something about life. Once there's availability, your mind doesn't think that. It's immediately you land Lagos. Hey! <laughs> okay. All right. So, unlimited data, unlimited internet data is tremendous power. Example. Right? It's tremendous power available. It's unlimited. Everyone says it's unlimited. Because it's the power of God. So, it's unlimited. Now, if my brother here downloads a movie that is 500 megabytes, and my brother here downloads a movie, you look like you watch movies a lot. Am I, should I go deeper? Am I, okay. All right. So you download a movie of one gig, eh? and you, you look like movie master. You now do a movie of a series, two gig. When both of them start, and, and this, my friend here, sees his movie, and like, how did you do two gig in this economy? No, it's not a matter of the economy. It's what he downloaded. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if the data or the internet is unlimited, the size of the movie is what you downloaded. Another example. We're, we're living by the sea, right? So we decide to get water. You decide to go with 25 liters. Actually, the sea has unlimited water. Right? Am I right? The sea has unlimited water. You cannot say, they can tell you how deep the sea is, but they cannot say these are the number of liters in a sea. Nobody has ever been able to measure the number of liters in a sea, right? In the ocean. So you go with 25 liters. This one goes with a tanker. And then I just choose that. Okay, well, I wouldn't do 25 liters. I wouldn't do a tanker. I just crack a pipe down from the ocean to my house. Right? Now, if I'm enjoying water flow, is it because of whoever created the ocean, what he wanted me to get? No. It's what I took. So, what I'm trying to say is that the occurrence, please, and don't miss this, the occurrence of 2024 is not largely determined by God, it's based on what you can download. So somebody say, why is this year like this? That's the answer. Is it because when we evaluate the year, we don't always look at ourselves. What do we do? Maybe it is God's will. Mm -mm. God's will is already revealed to us. What's God's will? He crowns the year with what? With goodness. Are we together? Do we understand that part? So 
It's left for you now. I'm asking, how much power do you want available next year? And you set out. You set out to, you know, work on it. So, prayer has effects on the future. Prayer has effect on the future. Now, this effect is determined by you. Prayer has effect on the future, and this effect is determined by you. Okay? So, there are three subtitles. What I've just dealt with is called, Every Year is a Good Year in God's Eyes. Okay? So, every year is a good year in God's eyes. That's what I've just explained to you. So, every year is good. Every year is great. God has great plans for you. Settle that in your heart. There's no year that God wants to punish you. There's no year God wants to... Do you understand? God is not out to get you next year. It's a good year. It's a great year. Now, the second subtitle. The year has God-preordained plans. So, the year is good, but also God's got plans for you in the year. So, let's look at it this way. In the year you're about to enter, you've got your plans, right? And God's got His plans for you. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that your plans are bad, but... If you're a wise believer, one of the things you want to first of all settle in your heart is what are God's plans. Okay, let me give you an example. Let's stay with the Garden of Eden. When Adam was created in the Garden of Eden, God just came and said, hey, you know what, boy? Don't, well, he didn't say boy, but he said, don't eat from these two trees, right? He says, from the garden, you can eat from any tree, but these two, don't eat. Now, what does that mean? It means that Adam had the liberty to eat anything he wanted. Right? He could have just sat under, you know, I'm careful about using examples when I talk about the Garden of Eden, so it doesn't stick in your head. We don't know if they had mangoes there, but I'm just giving an example now. He could have just sat under a mango tree and eaten mango because most of you think what if it is apple, and that's why some of you don't like apple tea now, and you feel that's why it's expensive. Alright? But he could have just sat under a mango tree, for instance, and eaten and eaten. And God has no problem with it. Right? Where did, at which point did God have a problem with the choice of Adam? When he ate what he told him not to eat. So, two things. In the year you're going into, God doesn't have a problem with your plans. But where God has a problem is where you put your plans and dish his plans out. Or don't even ask him if he has plans. So, the first thing you want to do if you want to have a great year is say, hey God, what's your plan for the year? Get his plan and say, God, perfect. This is your plan for the year. I'm running with it. Hey God, this is also what I'm looking at into the year. What do you think? What did we talk about? Co-creating the year with God. Are you following me? Careful, please. All right. Now, let me give you another example. When it was time to name the animals, who created the animals? God. You're not sure? Who created the animals? God. Who named the animals? Did God now come and say, Ah, damn. Ah, ah, ah. Who created you? How can you call this good? No. God didn't do that. God respected, honored what Adam named. So, I'm, I'm trying to give you a balanced perspective. God is not going to go against what you feel you want to achieve in the next year. God believes in you. He's put his Holy Spirit in you. Are you following what I'm saying? But God also has things he wants to get done on the earth next year. So, it's like when you tell your children, wash the plates. When you're finished washing the plates, go and watch cartoon. You're not saying that, listen, hey, you guys can watch cartoon. If, if, for instance, 
if I subscribed um, the cartoon channel for my children, how many of you know that because I pay this, this subscription, I actually want them to watch it? Okay, oh, my children don't think so. <laughs> Do you understand that? Now, okay, let me use... But, but you understand what I'm trying to say? The fact that you made it available means you want your children to watch it. But you don't want your children to watch cartoon at the expense of their school. So what will a wise child do? Focus on his school, pass his exams, and then do what? Watch cartoons. Is that example clear? What is God looking forward in the year that we're about to enter into? Focus on his plans, execute his plans, and then do what? He gives you the desires of your heart. Because the fact that you have a desire, you didn't create yourself with certain desires. God put those desires there. Are we clear on this? I really want you to get it. So, you can plan, right? And then you co-plan with God. So, the process I really want to teach you, and as we continue in this study, is co-planning with God. So, the first thing you want to do is, I know God has plans for the year. Okay, so primarily as a pastor of the church and, and for my personal life, I start praying about the year, you know, and that's why I'm also teaching you now. You know, I start praying about the year, I start meditating, I start praying, I start meditating, I start, and God starts showing me specific things he wants us to do, do it this way, do it this way. I jot those things down, I plan around those things, I sort those things out. Then I start going before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, this is something in my heart for next year, what do you think about it? And God starts saying, okay, maybe not that, this. You know, and I co-create the year with God. So I'm not entering the year with, I don't know what this year is going to be like. Whatever we be, we be. This is our year. The door will be open. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We are entering. You see, God is very detailed. If you watch when he called Noah, he told him what to build. He didn't just say, son, build something. He said, build an ark. When he called Moses, he told him what to build. He gave him dimensions. If you study the scripture very carefully, especially the Old Testament, you see God was precise. Cover this ark with this type of wood. He didn't just say wood. There is a specific, and I need you to get this, please, get my heart tonight. There is a specific dimension of God in your life you must seek to know. I'll give you an example. I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a specific assignment God has given to me within the local church, which is not just to be a pastor, but to be a Bible teacher. That's specific. I'm not, I'm not a prophet. I'm not an evangelist. That's very specific. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, within the context of my teaching ministry, there are certain things God can lay in my heart. Write a book, start a podcast. There are certain things I might want to do to say, oh, I want us to do this and I pray about it. That's allowed within that specific plan. So there is a specific plan next year, okay? And as we go down, I'll show you certain things. Are you following? Say amen if you are. All right. So this, this, the year has God preordained plans. This you must seek out and find out in prayers, meditations, and waiting before the Lord. Usually, in Scripture, we call this ministering before the Lord. 1 Samuel 3, 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Okay? The word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. There was no frequent or widely spread vision. Now, I want you to see the word ministered before, sorry, ministered 
to the Lord. Minister to the Lord. Pay attention to that word, to the Lord. Now, ministering to the Lord is not the same thing as ministering for the Lord. Okay? Eli was ministering for the Lord. That means Eli, listen now, ministering for the Lord means that Eli was representing the Lord before the people. Okay? So he's acting as a representative of God to the people. So he was ministering for the Lord as a minister of the Lord. Okay? Samuel was ministering to the Lord. So, if it is, I'm not Eli, but if this was Eli, <laughs> alright, you'd realize that God was speaking to Eli, and Eli was facing the congregation and ministering on behalf of the Lord. But, if you use the word now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord, it means that Samuel was this way, right? Ministering to the Lord. So his ministration was to the Lord. Pay attention to that word, ministering to the Lord. Okay. Comes to Luke chapter 2, verse 37. Luke two thirty-seven. So pay attention to that word. Like I said, get this message tonight. Listen to it again. All right. And as a widow, even for 84 years, so this woman, Anna, was a widow for 84 years. Can we start reading from verse 36, please? And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. So she lived, uh, mathematics people help me here, she lived seven years after her marriage. So we can say she was married for like seven years and then as a widow to the age of 84. So seven minus 84, what would you have? Oh, it's what? 70, 77. Do we agree? I'm not calculating, that's what I'm asking. So if he's wrong, I know it's you. Okay, so what do you think? 77. Do we agree 77? Alright, so for 77 years, this lady, the Bible says, she never left the temple. Do you think if someone was widowed just after 7 years of marriage and she lived 77 years, people would not have told her, what are you waiting for? Right? Because if this woman, now pay attention, the Bible says, serving night and day. How was she serving? It told us how she was serving. With what? Fastings. Not fasting. How was she serving? Fastings plus S. And what? Prayers plus S. Which means multiple fasting and multiple prayers. Continued. Heartfelt. Continued. Remember the word continued. She did this for how many years? 77 years. Somebody say Jesus. Right? She was not married, so she wasn't fasting for a husband. Her children were, were now a concern, but I just want to tell you how she served the Lord. Okay. So let's put some perspective to this. Acts 13.1. Okay, Acts 31. Now they were at Antioch in the church that, that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manera, who had been brought up with Herod, the, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. Did you see that there again? 
Hello? Did you see that there again? The Holy Spirit did what? Said. The Holy Spirit did what? Spoke. So it tells us, pay attention, please follow me. In 1 Samuel, you realize that what did the Lord do to Samuel? He spoke to Samuel about Eli. What is the Lord doing here? He spoke and said, separate, um, set apart for, for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So it means that when we are serving the Lord in fasting and in prayer or what we now call ministering to the Lord. Because when we make it ministering to the Lord, it looks very spiritual. It's ah, just ministering to the Lord. Some people don't even know what it means. Ministering to the Lord in simple terms means that you separate yourself into prayer and fasting and the focus is just before the Lord. You are not fasting for anything. You are not believing for this. You are just before the Lord in prayers and fasting, expecting the Lord to speak to you. Now, in those moments, the Lord begins to communicate with you. Are you, are you following this now? Are you, are, you, are you with me on this? Which means that if you want to, we've talked about that, if you want to create a good year, you know the Lord has already made the year good. The second thing you need to know or the second thing you need to do is to separate yourself and minister before the Lord. So, I'll, I'll give you some practical things as we go. But you can just take out a weekend. Put some worship music. And just, just pray before the Lord. Just stay off food a while. You know, praying in the Spirit. Just before the just minister to the Lord. You are not saying, oh God, my shoe. Oh God, my child. Oh God, next year is my year. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You are ministering to the Lord. What's, what's going to happen is the Lord begin to bring certain things up on the inside of you. Now, you know why I said <laughs> it's good to start early? Because what happens is people want something tomorrow. They go into fasting this night and they want God to speak and they've never heard God. Hmm? They will now start hearing voices. Some have never even fasted in their life before. But they have been taught that, you see, if you fast, the drier the fast, the more God's hand. You know, it's like you, you catch somebody and the person doesn't want to talk. How many of you, you know, played that game when you were young? When if they catch you, they'll tie, pull your hand like this. Then when you don't want to talk, the person will stretch the hand a bit. Eh? <laughs> Some of you didn't play that. You are playing FIFA. I have no idea what life is. Eh? Then when you don't want to talk, they will turn the hand. So, the more... You know that pressure. Then, you know, you've watched all these movies where they catch all these prisoners and then they ask them, they say they don't know anything. Then they bring somebody and torture and keep increasing. So we feel that the more we fast, eh, when the fast is dry, we have not taken water, you know, we even refuse to bathe, refuse to, to, <laughs> to brush our teeth, you know, and our mouth is releasing. Smelling glory. You see that God, God, it's okay, it's okay. What do you want? Quickly. No, no, no. God is not, if you like, don't brush your, your teeth for five days. God is not moved. It's your, it's your, it's your spouse that will have issues. Is it, let me tell you, fasting is not to threaten God. Don't fast that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That other fasting you do so that you give quick answers sometimes open you up to the realm of the spirit that you are not prepared for. So you start early. 
Maybe you're trusting God to get some direction next year. What about if you say every Wednesday, I'll just wait on the Lord. What are you waiting on the Lord for? Lord, what's your plan for next year? You know, you just pray in the spirit. What's your plan for next year? What's your plan? What, what do you have? What will you have me do? You know, you just, you are waiting. You're, you're not, you see, don't get, this is, this is one, not an issue I have, but this is one of the reasons why I, have, I, I really do not do crossover nights for people. It's good. It's fantastic. It's a blessing to prophesy over the people. But the truth of the matter is, God can give me a word for this church, which the Lord does, most times the word of the Lord we release is the word given to that, that we speak over the church, but you also have a personal destiny next year, and God has a personal word for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God has a personal direction for you. God has something he wants you to focus on. And if you don't give yourself time, you will not receive that word. Or that, you know, instruction from the Lord. Are we still together? Are you here? Alright. So, say amen if you're here. Okay, that's important. So, you just go before the Lord in prayer and fasting. You know, like David said, he says, should I pursue and overtake? God says, pursue, overtake, you will recover. The second time, David said, should I pursue and overtake? God says, no, hold on. You will observe the shaking of the mulberry trees. At that time, you can attack. So, you don't just enter every year the same way you entered last year. Why? The instructions might change. The emphasis might change. The plans might change. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So don't just assume last year the Lord gave me this instruction. Oh, it's, no, 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 no. Don't assume like that. Don't assume like that. So you are before the Lord getting his plan. But what are you doing? Ministering before the Lord. Sometimes go off social media for a week. Hmm? And I want to say this, right? I want to say this because I've observed. Some people will say, eh, I'm not on social media. I'm not a social media person. But they are always playing games on their phone. The difference is that you, don't, you are not on Facebook, but you are somewhere. It's the same time the person is on Facebook that is, you are spending on the game. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fasting is not just food alone. Sometimes fast activities. Give yourself some free space to minister to the Lord. Fast television, fast series. Eh? Fast your phone, fast social media. Fast. Why? You're concentra concentrating yourself to get instruction. You see, the year is important. You don't want to do trial and error. Okay? There are certain times I'm, I'm talking to the staff in the office or I'm speaking with a pastor and I'm like, I'm thinking we should do this thing next year, but I'm just praying to get greater clarity. Okay? Uh, there's something I'll put in my heart for us to do next year and. I'm not sure about the location yet, so I was talking to somebody about it, so I said, but I'm still, you know, just trusting the Lord to know where exactly we should get this thing done. What I, we want to be precise, because it's God's plan. He's got a specific plan. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? When the children of Israel wanted to go to war, what did the Lord say? Take up the uh, praise singers, right, and let them sing. How many of you know that was not repeated by any warrior again? The second time Joshua wanted to go into Canaan, God says, let the priest bear the ark. And immediately their feet touch uh, the, the Jordan River, it will part. When God wanted Moses to part the Red Sea, he says, stretch your hands or stretch the rod. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
There is a specific plan that God already has for you for next year. You've got to find it. How do you find it? Separate yourself into what? Ministering to the Lord. Some of us knew this habit. Some of us had this habit. We have been too busy for it. Just put on some worship music. Just wait before the Lord. Praying in tongues. And my dear sisters in Christ Jesus. Hmm? Housework, homework, eh? husband work can make you forsake this. So, have a conversation with your husband. Have a conversation with the children. So, 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 day. Or so, 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 day. This is your food. Labor it. Morning. Afternoon. Evening. This is microwave. So, this is number four. So, it's number five. So, number six. I'll be spending some time to pray. You see, let me tell you. When your children see you model that, it will be easy for them to copy it. I've realized that unconsciously, we are now raising a generation of children that see us being workaholic as a mode of life. They asked some of our kids in the teens church why they haven't done their Bible reading. And you don't believe that some of the teenagers were telling our teachers there that they have been busy, they don't have time. No, don't be surprised. This is a true life story. Your kids are my own children. In teenage church, already telling their teachers that they are so busy, they didn't have time to read their Bible reading. And you know why I don't blame them? Because that's what we model. So you want to model devotion. So, oh, why are we not watching this today? We're seeking the Lord. They might not understand what it means, but it's important. Okay, let me go quickly. Are, are, we, are we good there? Did you, did you understand? Are you following up on it now? All right. Then, I have four more subtitles. Okay, the next subtitle. <laughs> the mathematics of every year. The mathematics of every year, or the maths of every year. The maths of every year. Okay? So this is full curriculum. So you take, one <laughs> you take one session, listen to it again, unpack it, work with it. Okay? So the mathematics of every year, the maths of every year. So this is my own, my, own, my own thought. Every year is made up of trials, temptations, and testimonies. The three T's of the year. Every year is made up of trials, temptations, and what? Testimonies. Everybody say trials. Temptations and testimonies. Now, for a year to be great, your testimony must outweigh your trials and temptations. God has created a good year. It doesn't mean that the enemy also doesn't have plans for the year. How many of you think that the enemy also has some dangerous plans for the year? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you don't think so? Do you think Satan just folding his hands and say, well, they can have the year, can be a great year for them, there's nothing I can do about it. Is that what you think Satan is doing? No, he's not doing that. Do you realize when God told Adam, you can eat this, you can't eat this, do you know what Satan said? Let's see, I'll try, try him out. So what did Satan do? Tempted Eve. When Jesus came to save mankind, how many of you know what Satan did? 
was the very first thing Jesus encountered after the baptism. What did Satan do? Hey, talk to me, church. What did Satan do? Took him up on the mountain, tempted him. And you know what the, the scripture says? After the angels came to minister, it says, and Satan left him alone for a while. All through the ministry of Jesus, you see the enemy raising the Pharisees, persecution, all kinds of things against them. So the year is good. Satan has been defeated on the cross, but that does not mean he will not try. So what's the mathematics of the year? Trials, everybody say trials. Temptations and testimonies. So what will make a great year? Your testimonies must outweigh what? Your trials and your temptation. Okay, that's perfect. So that's the mathematics of the year. So through prayers, you overcome trials. James 5.13 Through prayers, you overcome trials. James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Must. Are you suffering? Is there a trial? What's the way out of, out of trials? Not complaining. Not grumbling. Church, tell me. What's the way out of trials? Hey, 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 hey. I didn't hear you. What's the way out of trials? The church must pray for him. What must he do? There's nothing wrong with the church praying for you, but remember I said there's a corporate responsibility and there's what? Personal responsibility. So if you are suffering, pray. Alright. Acts 5, 41. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. How do we overcome trials? Acts 5, 41. Thank you, Jesus. Is somebody getting blessed? Okay. Verse 40. Mm. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they released them. This was the apostles that Jesus that walked with Jesus. So. You know, the Pharisees have no respect. Apostle Peter, Apostle James, Apostle John, they lie them down and flogged them. Say, don't preach again in this name. That's trial. What I'm just trying to tell you is that the devil has no respect. For the plans God has for you, for the good plans you have next year, if you don't put him in his place, he will flog you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to use your authority, and I'll talk to you about that. You have to use your authority to stop Satan from advancing. So how did they respond? I don't know if you have been flogged for preaching. Eh? And they say, go and preach again. You show them the selfie. They took you while you were crying. But look at their response. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing, <laughs> these guys, that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they kept on right teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. Went back to their own company. So one of the ways we overcome Trials, staying within the local church, being in the company. You're going through hard times, that's not when to stop coming to church. You come in here, you hear the word of faith, you get fed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, next year is not the year where things go bad. You now lock yourself in the house, change your SIM card. Then you now put one funny DP on your WhatsApp status, a, a pigeon that has not eaten for a while. 
with, with one dry leaf and say, life is alone. There is nobody. Stop all those nonsense. Come to church and hear God's word. Nobody advances in battle by being depressed. You don't overcome discouragement by depression. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you now, I want to create a very balanced perspective. I was going through the year. I said the mathematics of the year is trials, temptations, and testimonies. And for a year to be good, your testimonies must outweigh your trials. Are, are, we going, are we not going to experience trials next year? There's no guarantee trials will come. You know what Jesus said? He said, through much tribulation will you enter into the kingdom. Jesus did not tell his disciples trials will not come. He says, I, he says, <laughs> He will suffer things. He says, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So be ready for it. So when those trials come, that's not when to cover yourself. You don't want to talk to anybody. They call you, you know, numbers switched off. You will not win a battle like that. You're giving room for the enemy to shoot you down. So you go back to your own company. You come to church. You hear the word of faith. You put on the messages. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You reach out to the church office and say, hey, pray, pray with me. I'm going through this time, but I believe with faith. You, 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 you put a fight. Is any suffering, let him pray. Praise God. All right. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And I want to correct something here. Well, not correct. I want to put something a bit more straight here. Acts 16, please, verse 25. And that's very important. Acts 16.25 Like I said, not correct. But let me put it straight here. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. These people were locked in prison at midnight. They got up. And they began to pray and singing hymns of praise. Now, this is where I want to talk about. When we are taught about Paul and Silas, we always emphasize the praise. Okay? Are you following what I'm saying? We always emphasize the praise. But if you study this deeply, I don't want to go too deep because that's not where we're going to now. But if you study this deeply, it was actually prayer and ministering to the Lord. They were not singing praise. Yeah, Paul and Tyler, they pray, they sang, and the Holy Ghost came. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It wasn't that way. It was actually ministering to the Lord. They were praying, and then the hymns they were singing, pay attention, were hymns of praise. That means hymns that exalted God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eh? Have you sang him before? We're singing him like this. No, you don't sing him like that. The hymns, praise God, contained the praise of God. Pay attention. They were going through hard times. They were not singing, I almost let go. I almost died. Jesus, hold me. No, 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 no. no. Mm -mm. They were not singing about their situation. They were singing hymns that praised God. What do you do in trial? Exalt God. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> Please get my heart here. That's very important. In Hebrews, it's called the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. Which means you're going through a tough time in the year you're about to enter into. That's not when to sing depressing song. 
Even if nobody likes me, Jesus likes me. Even if everybody says I will not make it, I will. Oh, shut up, shut up. You are digging your grave. And you need to watch some of these songs you sing. They are good songs, but they are not scriptural songs. Very great song. They excite our flesh. It makes you, you know, you even start crying. Oh, there's nothing I can do without your mercy. Oh, oh. Mm -mm. And you won't get up. There's something you can do. Jesus died on the cross for you. You have the authority of the name of Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus shed for you. If you're going through trial, the songs you should sing are songs that exalt God. Now, in the exaltation of God, you will begin to feel the Holy Ghost rise up on the inside of you because you know who your God is and what He can do. Alright? Are we clear on that? Alright. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I, I, I might take time, if the Lord gives me permission, to, teach, to talk about these hymns of praise and the hymns of the exaltation of God. And that's why sometimes... Some of our hymns, yeah, but a lot of the hymns were written out of the place of adoration for God. Those people were not writing hymns because they wanted to go to the studio and make it. Hmm? How many of you have heard of the hymn writer that sang it as well with my soul? The story behind that hymn, right? Lost his whole family. And then he wrote, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Do you think that's the kind of song you want to write at that time? Okay. You overcome trials by praying. You overcome temptations by praying. So we said the mathematics of the year is trial, temptations, and testimony. A great year is where your testimonies outweigh your trials and your temptations. So you, you, you overcome temptations through prayer. Matthew 26, 41 to 42. How do you overcome temptations? Matthew chapter 26. Verse 41 to 42. Matthew 26, 41 to 42. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if, it's, if this cannot um, pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. And I've taken time to explain this passage to you, right? Because many times we talk about the temptation of the year. You're always just thinking of temptation, all kinds of... You see, the temptation of the year, <laughs> it's not temptation of the year, but the temptation that comes in the year is where your spirit is willing and your flesh is weak. So, you will feel like praying. You just say, let me sleep before you see yourself march. And you start sleeping in January. Eh? At this year, mm, I will fast. <laughs> eh? Then you just start fasting. You'll not be seeing two people. You know you are three in the house, but you are seeing four. Then you take more first. Say, Pastor has even taught us. Fasting does not do anything to God. You know, you start using... There's always reasons for any excuse you give. Hmm? So, what am I trying to say? The temptation is those times in the year where the weight of your flesh, the will of God is there, the, the plans of God are there, but, you know, your spirit wants to do something for your flesh. So you've got to pray. That's how you pray. That's how you pray it. So you spend time in prayer. Why are you spending time in prayer now concerning next year? Because you are praying against the temptations that will come in the year. Those moments. Okay? Go with me to Luke twenty-two thirty-two. We're still in the mathematics of the year. Are you still here? 
So like I said, get back, listen to this message again, and unpack this thing. Start working with these things. Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, right here. 32. Yeah. Look at verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Look at what Satan wanted to do to the apostle. To sift you like wheat. <laughs> Go to verse 32. 32. Then he says, but I have prayed for you. So you see, the, the temptation that um, G, um, Jesus prayed for Peter, he says, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and that once you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. This was, listen to this, this was an apostle that God had here marked that would preach on the day of Pentecost. Hmm? And then he went to warm, warm himself by the fire, and the little girl said, you are with this man. He denied Jesus three times. The one that said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. That's why you realize that people sometimes enter the year strong. And you feel these people are going to serve God. Eh? By middle of the year, um, you know, usually it's Pastor Mary, they, they, they meet. Uh, I just want to take some time off. You say, oh, the boss, they gave you time off. Say, no, uh, from church. I just want to, just want to come ahead. My mental health. <laughs> oh God, you are on your way to backslide, you know. There's nothing God did to you. Let me tell you, there's nothing in this church. We don't do a lot of programs. We don't have many group meetings. There's nothing that we do in this church that is disturbing your life. Six to eight, you come here. There is bus to take you home. On Sunday, 8 to 10, a maximum, high yes, even all our staff with the full-time work, 1 o'clock we have gone. There is nothing we are doing to disturb your destiny. That voice telling you to take time off is voice from your father's people. They are calling you. Yeah? So you just do, I want to take some time off, I just, fear. I just need some space. That space, they are sifting you like wheat. Put up that desk for me. 31. They have started turning you. You know, they are turning and blowing you. You know, sitting like wheat, that's what it means. Sitting like wheat is not modern English, right? You know what sitting like wheat means? Let me explain to you. In those days, when they did their wheat farm, right, they would carry their wheat farm towards the, from the mountain up a bit, right? Because of agricultural sizing. So they would throw it up. Hmm? So that the, the wind would blow the shaft. And what will happen? The uh, width, right? You were there when they prepared pap early days, eh? As I had to sift. Eh? If you also grew up in certain parts of the country where you buy granite, <laughs> that's sifting. You see, all those things, is Satan throwing you up? Those. <laughs> Other thing, I feel I want to take some time off. I don't want to relax, you know. But you're, they are doing you like this already. You know. <laughs> and you better talk to Pastor Mary because if it is me, I'm not like Jesus. I will say, okay, let them keep rubbing your head. Okay. So, but you understand? You see, those times you feel like you're serving God is affecting your progress as opposed to aiding your progress. Those are periods of temptation. What will make you stand in those seasons is what? Prayer. And sometimes, if you are honest, you are not even in the mood to pray that, that those period. Where they say, have you prayed? Say, I'm on it. You see, it's the prayer you have prayed, the power you have released into the year ahead that will sustain you. Child of God, prayers affect your future. Do you know why Jesus was not bothered? 
You know why Jesus was not bothered? You know why Jesus was not bothered? One statement. What did Jesus say? I've prayed for you. So no matter how Satan turns your head like this, blow you up, I pray, oh God, on the day of Pentecost, you will preach, this is that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you must be conscious of this as you get into the year. The trials of the year and what? The temptations of the year. How do we overcome these two? Prayers. Okay. The testimonies of the year. Testimonies of the year. Testimonies are generated by prayer. James 5.18. Testimonies are generated by prayer. How do we, how do we generate testimonies? How do we birth prayers? Uh, sorry. How do we birth testimonies by prayers? James 5.18. Then he prayed again. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions like us. Then he prayed again and the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. That's what I want you to think. The, he prayed and what happened? The earth. Come on everybody, follow me now. Are you still here? Look at this. He prayed, the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. So, as you are going into the year, for your earth to produce its fruit, you need to pray down the rain. You need to pray, and we know what this rain is, right? Book of Isaiah, right? Everywhere was dry, everything was rough, until the Spirit be poured out from on high. And what happened? The forest is counted for a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted, the, the wilderness, sorry, is counted for a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted for a forest. Which means that, regardless, your le- regardless of the level of your productivity right now, there's still a greater phase that you can pray through. One of the things I did in our staff devotion this morning, I told all our staff, I said, everybody needs to be mentally ready for increase next year because we're going to increase. How can I make such a confident statement? I know the things I'm bursting now in prayers. I know the things I'm speaking forth in prayers. I know the things I'm confessing. I know the things I'm believing for. And they have to be ready for that. Elijah said, you know, you know the story, right? Let's not go there because of time. First Kings chapter 18, verse 41. You know the story, right? First Kings 18. He says to Ahab, Go eat and drink, the rain will fall. What happened? He climbed up to the mountain and prayed for seven times and bettered it so that the earth will produce its fruit. If your earth is barren, you are not investing enough prayers to bet certain things forth. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So every proclamation you give for the year, there must be a corresponding power to release that proclamation, to birth it. So you say, next year is going to be a fruitful year. Fantastic. Go to the place of prayer and birth that. And that is not what you want to do by January 1st. So you see why you need to prepare for the year way ahead of time? See why? Because what? You're generating prayer on several issues of your life. Alright, let's go quickly. So that's one subheading. Okay? Can we still continue? Sure. Or... <laughs> you don't have a choice. I'll continue because I'm finished. The next thing that impacts the year is choices and chances. So we've done... Fourth subheading, every year is a good year in God's eyes. The year has God preordained plans. The next one is the mathematics of the year. This is now the choices, choices and chances. Then I'll talk about one more. Then I'll just give you practical ways and then we can close. So like I said, my intention is I'm packing this full. I expect you to go back, listen to the message again, right? And unpack this because I need to finish this. You need all this knowledge because I want to teach on planning and performance next Wednesday. All right. So, choices and opportunities. What makes a year a great year? Chances and choices. So, chances, chances are opportunities or seasons that come upon us. The year will be shaped by your choices and the chances that come upon you. Ecclesiastes 9.11, NLC translation, New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11. Help me with that, please. Ecclesiastes 9, 11. Okay. It says, I've observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race, and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. <laughs> and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, and it defines chance for us, by being in the right place at the right time. Now, this being in the right place at the right time, that's what you need to use your prayers to power. Because you can have skill, you can have education, you can be a fast runner. So you realize that some people do all the right things in a particular year and still don't excel. So the question is, what's the issue? Is being at the right place at the right time, which is chance. Now, you can power this by prayer. Let's first of all talk about, okay, let me just deal with that. Go to Genesis 24. Let me show you how this can happen. Genesis 24 and verse 12. Genesis 24, verse 12. I want every single one of you to do excellently well next year. And I pray that this will help you in Jesus' name. Alright. So, you know, in Genesis chapter 24, Abraham told uh, Eliezer to go and look for a wife for his son. Then he said, verse 12, verse 11, right? The, 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 the man was about to embark on a journey, verse 10. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of the water at the evening time. And the time when women go out to draw water. Okay? So, this is where natural and supernatural comes out. You are going to look for a wife. You cannot go and now look for a wife where men are playing football. I know you're presenting like you didn't hear me, so I'll repeat it again. I said, if you are looking for a wife, you cannot go and now look for a wife where men are playing football. I'll be discussing why women are scarce. Some of you want to get married. You don't wait after service. The close service you, are, you have entered inside the bus. You hang around. If they say, what are you doing? Ask, is there anything they can do? If it's window to close, hang around, walk around a bit. That's how, I mean, just, just, he was looking for a wife so he went where women came to draw water (laughs) don't worry we'll deal with this next year I told you I was teaching on marriage next year so we have a full month to discuss about this so learn to go where you you can see somebody don't go to the club because if you go to the club, it's people who go to the club that you see. If you go to the book of Acts, chapter 16, we're talking about leader. You know, if you read down to verse 16, as I said, and the women went to the place of prayer. So there are women who go to the place of prayer. Okay. For you now say, Pastor, uh, we are here, or we are looking for them. Okay. All right. So, but let's look at this now. So, in verse 12, verse 12. Now. And he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master. Verse 14. Behold, I'm standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink. And who answers? Drink and I will water your camels also. What a way to get your wife. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Before you have finished speaking, behold, Rebecca, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Micah, the wife of Abraham's brother, now came out with her jaw on her shoulder. You know, I wrote a book on Rebecca, but I never published it. Interesting story. Don't pray this way. 
because you are now in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit was inside of you. So don't go and be praying that uh, the first girl that locks window in church, that's my wife. You will marry somebody else's wife. Don't pray all those kind of prayers. Go and listen to how to be guided by the Spirit. But see what I'm explaining to you. He prayed this prayer. And what are the chances that it's at that time Rebecca decided to go and fetch water? Why is it that the same answer he asked God for was the same answer Rebecca gave? By his prayer, he caused that divine coincidence. Remember my teaching on how precise the realm of the Spirit is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, you are going to meet people next year. You have to pray to meet the right people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to pray to enter the right bus. You have to pray to enter the right flight. And when we say these things, we are not saying don't enter a bus that we have accidents. That's not what I'm talking about. Enter the bus where the people you need for your business are. Enter the flight. Are you, I'm not saying think about accident. Think about meeting the right person who just says, you know what, we've been looking for someone like this. Are you, so you generate those. Because a lot of girls could have thought of going to fresh water at that time and they just felt, this is not the right time. And then, or maybe her father would have said, go and give us water. You need those people to respond at the right time. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? So how do you power that response? How do you power that occurrence? You start praying this year. You start investing in prayers. You start investing in prayers. Okay, let me show you another New Testament example. Cornelius. In fact, this one, God had to get involved himself. Acts 10, 1. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Right. Okay. Now, there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called a devout man and one who feared God with all his Jew household and gave many arms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. Observe that word continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, God had to arrange Cornelius, Cornelius' salvation. Look at what God said. Right? And fixing his gaze on him, being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said, Your prayers and, and arms have ascended as a memorial before God. So prayers ascend that causes something to happen on the earth. So you need to release prayers. You need to release prayers to cause occurrences. Okay? So that the right people, you are meeting the right people at the right time. Okay? So you can explore this more. Alright. Then the next thing are your choices. So, your choices are very important. So I'll deal with this. Uh, I'll deal, I need to finish this now. Your choices. Okay? So your choices are important. Now, I've thought about this before. So, you guys are Bible students here. Go back and read it. Acts chapter... No. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. Let's read it. Luke 6, 12 to 13. I want to show you something here. So, chances are created or powered by prayer. So, you can see the all dynamic effect of prayer. Overcoming trials, overcoming temptations, creating testimonies, you know, organizing chances. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. So, he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Now, go to verse 13. Look at this. And when they came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he also named apostles. So Jesus wanted to choose 12. Out of, I've told you before, Jesus had many disciples. Jesus wanted to choose 12 people. He spent all night praying. Which means that making the right choices in life is powered by prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you're not just going into the air, just choosing whatever you like. No, you, are, you, are, you, you have prayed up 
Because some of these choices will be immediate. If you study the book of Nehemiah, the king asked him, what do you want? And he said, I made a quick prayer to God. And what happened? You know, he asked the king for something. So you want to pray up so that when it's time to make the right choices or make choices in life, you are making the right choices. Are we, are we good with that? Alright. Last, not last. We have two more. But it's not long. Don't worry. So, wow. Exercising full authority over reoccurring issues. Exercising full authority over reoccurring issues. So, then I'll just run through the other one. Okay? It's long, I know. But go back, listen to it again. It's full course. Exercising authority over reoccurring issues. You must look into your life. And reoccurring issues establish strongholds in your mind. And when evil is not stopped, it spreads. So you must look into this year and ask yourself, what are the reoccurring issues in my life? Acts chapter 12, verse 1 to 4. And I need to deal with this. Okay? I always feel depressed. For no reason. My friend, deal with it. You can't be having annual, annual conference and an anniversary over depression. Say, that's who I am. That's not who you are. Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unliving bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. So, you see, when evil is not stopped, it spreads. When sickness is not dealt with, you discover that that sickness is growing. Uh, when oppression is not dealt with, it grows. So, ask yourself, what are some reoccurring issues in my life? I always feel discouraged. I always feel depressed. I'm struggling to pay my rent. Deal with reoccurring issues by persistent intercession. Okay? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't normalize sickness. Don't normalize misbehavior. You always realize that God brings you into good relationships and anger makes you just destroy it. Listen to me. Settle down and deal with that thing in prayers. Because when that thing persists, it will establish a stronghold in your mind. You just think that this is who you are. Why is it I always get discouraged when I have everything in life? Why am I always sad? Huh? Why am I always this way? Why is it that our church... For instance, we cannot have 200 on a regular service consistently for a period of time. You, you, and it's when the Lord was speaking to me about this that that picture came up in my heart. And I said, I mean, we, we impact a lot of people. We can as a church. And then after Faith Refreshers Conference, you know, we talked about, well, we, we, we just mentioned it and said, get all our 200 chairs into the church. We want to believe God that we can have all the chairs full every Sunday. You know, you've got to deal with certain things. You don't just take limitation and say, that's it. If they don't want to hear the truth, let them say that. Mm, they will not say that. They will hear the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot normalize poverty. Somebody has been helping you to pay rent for the past five years. What is that? You cannot become a welfare program. Eh? I just thank God for my uncle. He has been paying my rent for the time. We don't struggle to pay rent again. Oh God. It's not about struggling to pay rent. When would you leave that program and now help someone else? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you identify, why am I always not achieving my goals? Now, everything might not be um, things you need to pray about, some things you have to reason, but deal with occurring things. Reoccurring sicknesses, reoccurring issues. Deal with them in the place of prayer. So you exercise full authority in the name of Jesus. This, thoughts, this is not happening. I'm not dealing with this issue next year again. 
you know, you always have bright relationships and before you know, it's been destroyed and everything. No, you need to sit back and say, in Jesus' name, this is not happening. This relationship is preserved and kept. Are you, are you with me? Alright. So let's go to practical ways to ex- execute this. Are we okay? So I'll just share practical ways and then we can wrap up. Number one, practical ways to ex- ex- execute this. Number one, take some weekends to fast about the next year. So just take some weekends, take some days to fast about the next year. Okay? So I would suggest that you get the message and listen to it again. Okay? If I go at your writing pace, I might not finish. So take some weekends to fast about the next year. Number two, set a time. 30 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour, and start praying about the next year. So what I typically do, I set out a particular time where I just pray about 2024. So it can be 15 minutes every day. Let's say, and I want this to be practical. Don't say you want to pray six hours about next year. Mm -mm, Relax. Okay? Before you now pray and get tired and start cursing the year. Okay, so it can just be 15 minutes every, every day. 9 to 9.15, I pray about 2024. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, sometimes we religiously say, don't be in a hurry to go into next year. This year is not finished. God still have 11th hour miracle package. Preparing for next year does not stop 11th hour miracle package. Prepare for next year. So that if you don't get miracle package... You are ready for next year. Don't now lose miracle package that you are not ready for next year. It's loss on both ends. The one you can control now, you can't control 11th hour miracle, but you can control what happens next year. The one you can control, seize that one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you have a prayer time for next year. This is for 2024. How many of you observe from the pre-service prayer, we started praying about next year. Now, we don't do it before as a church, but the Lord, you know, ministered to me this year that we should start that practice as a church. So we have 15 minutes, we just pray about next year. We're speaking into the year. Now, this is where I want you to pay attention to. Make confessions and declarations in present tense. So, for instance, you can say, in 2024, I have experienced great spiritual growth and expansion on every side. Not in 2024, I will experience. Mm -mm. The Bible says, when you pray, believe in. So, your confessions about the year should be in present tense. So you say, I have experienced great spiritual growth and expansion on every side in 2024. Now, where is that principle from? Romans 4.17. It says, calling those things that be not as though they were. So you call the year like it's already done. In 2024, the Lord has blessed my business and I have ended the year with social amount. So what I usually do is I have my confessions for the year, for the year every year. I usually have my confessions for the year. Now, Pay attention to this principle, please. Put this up for me. Genesis 3.15. Let me show you something here. Genesis 3.15. So just listen to this. Let them put it up. In Genesis 3.15, quickly for me, please. Genesis 3.15. And I will put empty between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Pay attention to this verse. This was talking about when Jesus will conquer Satan on the cross. Right? Right? This is Genesis chapter what? 3 verse 15. Now look at this. A man by the name of Des Vignos, he died in 1744. He was the director of the Academy of Science in Berlin, in Germany. In 1738, did a scientific research. And he says, I myself have gathered from more than 200 different calculations of which the, the shortest counts only from 3,483 years from the creation of the world to Jesus Christ and the longest being 6,984. What he's trying to say is that between when this was 
this creation happened and when Jesus came was roughly, the shortest time would be 3,483 years or 6,984 years. So let's now take the shortest. It means that what was going to happen in 3,483 years down the line, God spoke it in Genesis as present tense. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't say, no, he said he shall bruise, he spoke it in present tense. He spoke that existence in Genesis 3.15, when the manifestation of Jesus was going to come 3,000 plus years, if we take this, which means that from today, you should be speaking what, I mean, you know one month is already almost too short. Are you following what I'm saying now? Okay, now, there is no confession too far in the future. Put up Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 for me, please. There is no confession too far in the future. There's no confession too far in the future. Alright? There's no confession too far in the future. Isaiah 55 verse 11. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. Alright? And without succeeding. Please pay attention to this. Look at this. Look at this. Without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So it says, the words I speak to you, I have sent those words on a matter. It will not return to me until they accomplish what I have sent them. So which means that from today, you can send words on a matter into the year to come. And when you get into that year, you already have answers waiting for you. Do you understand this? Because words are eternal. Words don't die. That is why when your teacher told you you are a blockhead and you don't understand math, you struggled with maths up until your... Because that word kept ringing. Every time you just see, you know, fractional <laughs> equation, block it, block it, block it, block it. You know what I'm saying? Words don't die. There are words they spoke over you that some of you are struggling with. Right? And you come and say, oh, my self-esteem was damaged. My father, you know, said this. You know, words don't die. They are there. So you can do that for the year. You can speak words today that will get into the year and we start orchestrating events. So I'll give you an example. Um, how should you craft your confession? Maybe I'll have time to teach this, but how should you craft? You see, your confession, don't copy people's confession. Some of you just go online. How to confess for favor. You're not carrying something. Mm, don't do that. That's why you should be in prayers and fasting. Some scriptures will be highlighted to you. Let me give you an example. The year we were giving our car, uh, the, 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 my, well, the car we have, the, the bigger car we have, the year we were giving that car, I was studying Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. Put it up for me quickly. And this scripture came up strong in my heart. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts. This word great gift came up in my heart. I'm like, ah, it wasn't just that they were buying belts and stockings for Daniel. It was great gifts. So that year I declared. I said, this year I am going, now don't copy this because it's not revealed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And before now said that it's not working. It won't work. It has to be revealed. I, I've been reading this book. What stood out for me was great gifts. That is possible for great gifts to be given to people. So I started confessing. And that was the year we got the car. Now, I haven't used this scripture in many years. But I use it as an example. So, 
That's why that time of ministering to the Lord, some scriptures will stand out. You build your confession on that scripture. Because you know what? That scripture is already what God has initiated in the realm of the Spirit. Do you see why this is personal? You have to now work it out. I remember three years ago, the Lord gave us um, Acts chapter 16. Um, people receiving our ministry, people being hospitable to us, even in the office, we prayed about it, and we began to see that, I mean, our ministry opened up in a new dimension. There's a scripture God has given to me now to pray for next year, and we're working on that. So, don't force it. As you are just studying, you know, you work with God on this thing. A scripture will come out. That becomes part of your confession. So, you, you initiate that into your confession. All right. So, your confessions can be crafted based on revealed words as you spend time in meditation you know, before the Lord. Now, let me say this. If, what about say, well, if God does not reveal anything, the written word of God is God's will for you. Alright? So you can take scriptures on health, take one scriptures on health, we have confession card, take a scripture on favor, pray on that, that becomes your busy. So I don't want you to randomly shoot this year. Be able to say, I stood on this scripture, God gave me this scripture, and this is the testimony. Don't, don't enter the year, you know, in a random manner. So, I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to... (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you. We know that the year ahead is amazing, it's excellent, it's great. It's a massive year of expansion and increase and blessings and strength. Lord, I'm asking that your hand will rest upon this teaching. I pray that it will go far and wide. It will bless lives in Jesus' name. Say a good amen. Have you learned something today? All right, so... Praise God. Thank you. Appreciate that. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email. Info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805 888 7575. God bless you.